Yeah. Uh, two-tone, the podcast, it's the livest. Every week we talking about them Tennessee Titans. Better tune in, this the podcast you want. Hosted by my big homie, Ryan Morland. Mariota throwing bombs, he don't ever miss. Malcolm Butler hold it down with the pick six. Talking stats and plays, what's happening? Derrick Henry, Adoree Jackson, this where we get it cracking. Yeah, Tennessee Titans podcast. Two-tone, hey, tune in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Two-Tone Uncensored. I am your host, Ryan Moreland. A rough week. Just a terrible week to be a Titans fan this week. It was rough. It was a terrible loss. Um, 21 to nothing to Baltimore. Just just got beat. Holy got beat. Um, like I do every week, we're going to do what I liked. And there are some things I liked from this game. Uh, what I didn't like, and there's a, a long list on that. And there is one thing that I have for the, um, it isn't exactly what it seems. Then we'll get into the AFC South, and we'll, we'll talk more about this game. Uh, just a rough one. Just a rough week for the Titans. Couldn't get anything to get going, obviously. You know, we're going to talk about the sacks that were a huge problem in this game. And not just... The sacks we gave up, but the sacks that we were unable to get just wholly got dismantled um, by this Baltimore team. But but I wanted to start off by saying this isn't the time to give up hope yet. I, and I know it's hard to find hope. We, you know, after two weeks in a row that just suck, just terrible, um, losing to the Bills, a team that we shouldn't have been even close to losing to, and then, and the Ravens are a good football team. You know, losing this game sucks, but you you can lose this game and still have a good season. You know that this is a good football team. This is a playoff caliber football team. Um, but losing the way we did, you know, it it, it hurts, and it's hard to find hope right now after these two losses. But there is there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we have to grind. There's some tough games coming up. These next three games are tough. And then the schedule opens up for us. It gets a lot easier. You know, we still have to play the Colts twice. We still have to play Houston and Jacksonville, who we've already beaten. You know, we there, there's some games on this schedule left that are going to be easy for us to win. But we have to start playing football. And let's get into it here. I'm going to start with what I did like because it's a short list here. Uh, Ferks are getting in the tight end. Just got promoted up from the uh, practice squad. Getting on the field, making a few plays. He went two for two on both of his targets for 25 yards. I like seeing him out there. I like seeing him get into the action. We need to find some playmaking somewhere. That's pretty much going to be the theme of the show, I promise you. And getting a guy like him in, working him in, he looked good. You know, he got yards after the catch. He looked good in this game from the little bit of that we saw from him. Uh, definitely a good game for him, you know, coming out your first game. I, I liked seeing that. Kevin Byard, another guy that came to play. Uh, he was the only quarterback hit we got all game was Kevin Byard, and obviously the great interception off the diving INT. He did allow a big catch from Crabtree, but really that was underneath coverage. You saw two guys standing in the same zone. One of them was supposed to drop back on that play. Didn't happen. Uh, based on his play, my guess is it's Malcolm Butler that should have dropped back. But Kevin Byard came to play, and that's just something we're used to. You know, he, he, it's it's been a long time 
and maybe not ever, that you can truly say that Kevin Byard didn't show up, uh, you know, didn't come to play. Even if he doesn't get on the scoreboard, if you watch or on the stat sheet, if you watch the game, you see his impact. He's obviously a great uh, football player. He's a great safety. Um, so something that we're used to. And then last one, when Marcus wasn't sacked, he looked good in this game. And it's hard to get past those sacks. I understand that. But he went 10 for 15, 66% completion percentage at almost 8 yards a clip. He had more yards per pass than Flacco did. He had more yards per completion than Flacco did by a solid margin on both. And this was Marcus's best game when it comes to yards per attempt that he's had this year. Um, so definitely, like, when he was up, Marcus was making plays. And more importantly, getting sacked that much, as good as the coverage was, and, and obviously these are things we're going to get into, no interceptions. He didn't force anything. And this is a game that if I was a coach, I might have told him, start forcing shit, start throwing that ball, start firing it. Like, let's, like, boomer bust, let's try to make something happen here. Let's try to make something happen. I, I probably would have told him that. Uh, but Marcus played mistake-free football in a game that was very difficult to do that. Um, so I, I took that away. You know, he, he did, when he wasn't sacked, you know, he, he did look good in this game. 10 for 15 is, is good. You know, obviously you want that to bump up. You'd rather see that be 20 for 25. Um, but he looked good. He stood in the pocket. He made some, some good throws in this game. Um, what I didn't like. Whew. Titans offense had their worst game in at least two years. Only seven first downs compared to the 23 the Ravens had. They had 22 minutes, 26 seconds time of possession compared to 37 minutes and 34 seconds that the Ravens had. The Ravens more than tripled our offensive production. As an offense, we had 106 yards. 106 as a whole offense, running and passing, 106 yards. They had double the penalty yards than that we than we did. They turned the ball over and we didn't. We just simply got outplayed. Got outplayed in this game. Uh, and the huge reason, and I'm going to harp on this all game, and maybe you didn't notice it, maybe you're blaming the wrong people, so I'm going to set you straight here. All receivers cannot beat a man coverage this good. They can't. That's the biggest reason that we gave up those sacks. I went back and watched each sack. Counted. I got my, my stopwatch out. I counted how long it took them to get to the quarterback. I, I watched where Marcus was looking. I watched where Marcus was moving. I watched where the wide receivers were. Marcus had three and a half seconds or more in the pocket on the vast majority of these sacks. Our O-line was not dominated. It was not. And, and I know that's hard to see right now, and I know you're being like, Ryan, you gotta lay down the crack pipe, buddy. I know what you're saying, but we weren't. I had three sacks, and we'll talk about this more in depth, but three sacks is what I counted that was on our offensive line. And that's not great. Three sacks is not great. But if we would have given up just three sacks in this game, we would have been in it. We might have won it. You know, when you talk about taking eight sacks off the board, 
That's a lot of first downs. That's a lot of ball movement that would have happened. Um, but we just couldn't do anything down the field. Corey Davis got handled man coverage. Handled. His four targets, he had one catch. And I've said this before. I said this when we drafted him. And this isn't going to be me hating on Corey Davis, because obviously I wish the young man the best. He showed glimpses of, of something unreal. You know, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about that 160-yard game. The kid can show up, but this is his big weakness. And I said it when he was coming out of college. He played at Western Michigan in the MAC. I go to a MAC school. I'm here at Ohio University. I, I got to watch him in person, and I saw it. In the MAC, he took advantage of weak corners. He took advantage of poor corner play. But when he had to play in the few games in his career that he did against a solid corner, Corey Davis's numbers shot down big time. He struggles to get separation. That's his thing. And he's worked a lot. You see a lot of these where he's not getting separation as much, but he's using his body to screen receivers out and get catches. You know? The, that's that Delaney Walker special. You don't have to burn him if you can beat him with your body. But in this game, he couldn't even do that. He got wholly beat in this game. Um, and most of the receivers did. And, you know, regular play after play, guys could not get open. Guys struggled to get open the entire game. And that's why we gave up these sacks. Marcus had to set in the pocket. You can only... A great offensive line is going to give you four seconds regularly. It's going to give you four seconds in the pocket regularly. And that is that number is coming down, not going up. Pass rush is getting more intelligent. It's getting faster. And it is finding ways to take advantage of offensive lines better. At three and a half seconds, you should have the ball out of your hands. Every time. Especially after you've given up a couple sacks. You realize that they're coming after you. It needs to be out quick. And we try to. You watch those plays. Plays start to get shorter. We start moving Marcus a little bit more. We were attempting to get these crossing routes. Stuff that, slant routes. Stuff that works against man coverage. We went to that. We still got beat. We still got beat. We were unable to. To figure out a way to get past this man coverage. We just got... And, and look, it's not all man coverage. Like, it's not every team's going to be able to do this to us. This is the best man coverage defense in football. Might be the best defense in football. They're great. And we're awful. And that's why you saw this such a huge gap in this game. Not As a team, we're not awful. But our playmakers are awful this year. Awful. We haven't had a consistent playmaker on this team and losing um you know losing a tight end as good as Delaney Walker hurts losing Rashard Matthews as much as we want to hate on him hurts a lot we but this is easily easily in my opinion the worst wide receiver and tight end core in football the worst and we saw it this week we just got beat if Marcus Marcus could have started forcing the ball. Marcus could have made smarter plays in the pocket as well. Like, I'll give you that for sure. I had, a, I had about two or three of these sacks where Marcus ran into the blitz. And then, obviously, 
uh, where he had another option, you know, not where it was like you, you either run into the blitz or you lay down. There was holes, he just didn't see them, but that's incredibly difficult to do. You keep your eyes downfield, and then you pull them down for half a second, you have to find the hole. Incredibly hard to do. Um, so you're going to give up a few of those. That's just part of the game. That You know, that's, that's, that's what's going to happen. Uh, when you're getting pressure like they did, and when you're just getting covered down the field, but... And obviously the fumble that he had. Uh, I think that was, you can blame on the offensive line. He got through very quickly. Um, but he didn't have a good angle, and Marcus should have done more with that. Marcus should have been able to move away from that, or at least keep the ball in his hands, fire something downfield, or take off. He should have been on that play. So I, I'd say that one, for me, is probably 60% on the offensive line and 40% on Marcus. Um... But a lot of these plays, was just, Marcus was trying to find something downfield. The offensive line gave him enough time. Four seconds in the pocket its a long time in the NFL, folks. It is. It's a long time. And I know everybody has been pointing to the offensive line. And the interior offensive line did get beat on a lot of plays. You know, we saw that hurt the running game this week. And we need to improve there. But that's not why we got 11 sacks. We gave up 11 sacks. Because there was nothing to do with the football. Marcus wasn't forcing passes. And and another thing to add on to that, they did a good job of containing Marcus. They did a good job of not letting him take off and beat him with his legs. He had two runs for 25 yards, which is great. But in this game, you know, with the wide receivers not being able to get open, the pass rush coming, Marcus should have probably gotten... An, a lot more running yards, a more attempts for sure. Uh, but they did a good job of containing him after that when the play started breaking down. But that was the reason that we gave up 11 sacks is these wide receivers, these tight ends, could not get open. Um, my last point on the offense of things I didn't like, still not using Henry or Johnny Smith enough, in my opinion. Henry didn't have a great game. He had uh, seven carries for 21 yards. That's right at three yards a clip. However, you have to—he has to be getting over 10, at least over 10 in a game. And understand, we're playing from behind. You got to start throwing the ball a lot at a certain point. Um, but we still need to be using him. We still needed to be getting him the football, getting him into a groove, working the ball forward, taking some pressure off of Marcus. Uh, we did not do that. Johnny Smith had one target, one catch, one great play for a first down. This guy's athletic. He can add a weapon to this offense that we're just not using. And they just talked to Matt LaFleur about this last week. Like Reporters asked him, hey, why aren't you using Johnny? And he's like, that's on me. We need to be using him more. And he had one target, one catch, and one fantastic play where he caught it over a crossing route. Took it at the perfect angle, and with that speed, beat the defense, picked up a first down. It was a good play. We need to be using him a lot more in this offense. A lot more. Now, I like Fersker. I like Stalker. Those guys are going to catch the ball where you throw it to them, get a yard or two through the contact, and that's it. Jonu Smith has the ability to break plays big. Remember that screen pass last year? He took 18 yards to the house. Johnny Smith has that capability. Those other tight ends have been solid for us, but they do not have that capability. We need to be using him more.
On the other side of the football, I don't have a lot bad to say. Overall, it wasn't a terrible performance considering how long you were on the field. Considering how many opportunities the Ravens had to move the football wasn't terrible, but there's two things that I hated from this game from our defense. Um, well, actually, three things if you include Malcolm Butler uh, and how he played. And it's at first I was defending him, but now it's getting to the point where I can't anymore. Malcolm Butler is getting overpaid. Malcolm Butler is not showing up. Um, right now, I think that he is our liability in our secondary. And our secondary is not bad. You know, it's not a bad secondary, so it's not that insulting, but he's definitely the liability. And he's not been playing well at all. Um, pass rush was non-existent, though. On 37 dropbacks, no sacks, only one QB hit. As I mentioned earlier, that was Kevin Byard. That's unacceptable. That is completely unacceptable. Joe Flacco is a good quarterback. He's a guy that's going to beat you if you give him time. And that's just that, and that's 100% the case. You give Flacco time, he's going to beat you. I don't care how good your defense is. You give him too much time, he's going to find ways to beat you. Especially with the weapons they have there. Willie Sneed is a burner. Michael Crabtree is a good route runner and he's fast. And he can make plays. They have weapons there. We did not get to the quarterback, and that really hurt us in, that, in this game. Uh, defense sucked on third and long. This one really surprised me, too. Is this, So, <clears throat> the Ravens were 12 of 17 on third down, which isn't good for us. That, I mean, that's, that's a lot of conversions. Um, but they were 8 of 13, even slightly better, when it was third or fourth down and five or more. Because they picked up that um, fourth and five or fourth and six at the very end of the game on a running play. That was devastating. If you were still watching the game for a Titans fan, just watching them do whatever they wanted to us. But even further, move the ball back even further. Third and ten or more, the Ravens converted four of their five attempts. Four of five. 80%. From 3rd and 10 or longer. That killed us. That killed us this game. Uh, unacceptable. That's unacceptable. To to do the right thing. Make the plays on 1st down and 2nd down. You do that so you can get the 3rd and long. Because normally those percentages are really low. Of teams that convert on 3rd and 10 or longer. And we just let him have it. We gave Flacco time. He sat back in the pocket. He found a man. And, that, and he did it every single time. Um, completely unacceptable uh, unacceptable performance um, by this team. As a whole, uh, the offense was awful. Awful. The defense they couldn't do anything with the pass rush. And, we got, and because of that, we got dominated on third and long. Now, that's what I didn't like. We're going to go to things that aren't quite what they seem. <clears throat> and I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. Our offense was not dominated in this game. Our, sorry, our offensive line was not dominated. Our offense surely the fuck was. Our offensive line was not dominated. 
We gave up a few sacks that were on them. And by my count, that's three of the sacks are solely on the offensive line. A few were Marcus scrambling into a sack. Most of them were coverage sacks. The vast majority were coverage sacks. By my count, somewhere around seven to eight. And you can argue, you know, there's there's a couple that are gray. But the majority, you can't argue that the majority were on the uh, the wide receivers. They, they were. They were. The coverage stood up, did a great job. We were dominated by the Ravens' man coverage, and we couldn't get, do anything with the ball. And that's why we gave up these sacks. So I, I'll agree with you. The, off, the interior offensive line needs something. We need a, a guard in there that can really, really do something. Um, and we don't right now. Quentin Spain's solidly average. Good in pass protection. Okay against the run. Um, we need to be able to move the ball better than we're doing. And and I'll give you that, that the interior offensive line isn't helping. But in this game, that they weren't the big problem. So... Go back and watch it, though. Don't just take my word for it. Go back and watch the sacks. Get your stopwatch out or count in your head. There's a lot of time. Marcus had time. There's just nothing downfield. Um, let's move to the AFC South here, which somehow the Titans still set on top of. Uh, Houston beats Buffalo 20-13. to Watson looked terrible in this game. Uh you know, barely over 50% completion percentage, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions. But Houston capitalized on Buffalo's mistakes, and they did a good job of that. And so they move up to 3-3. Three and three. So they are currently tied with the Titans and the Jaguars for first. Um, obviously, the Titan has a tiebreaker over both of them because we beat both of them and had to have matchups. And then the Texans have the tiebreaker over the Jags because they have a better record in the division because the Jags are 0 for 1 in the division uh, and Houston is 1 and 1. So right now it's Titans, Texans, and then Jaguars uh, if you're using the tiebreakers. And the Texans head to Jacksonville next week to take on uh, the Jaguars. Jacksonville gets hammered by Dallas, 40-7. to Zeke and Cole Beasley, both over 100 yards, both big games, tore this defense apart. Blake Bortles couldn't do anything with the football. Uh, and and they Dallas just strolls to a victory. Jags fall to 3-3, three and three, still tied for first. Um, obviously, they play Houston next week. But just an a interesting side note, uh, my dad, and I've mentioned it on the show before, my dad, diehard Cowboys fan. America's team all the way. He's that guy. Um, when we beat the Eagles, you know, he, he called me and he was just like, well, thanks for that. And I was like, well, you owe me one. We did this for you. You got to beat Jacksonville. When Jacksonville comes to town, you guys got to beat Jacksonville. So he sent me a message at the end of that game. And he said, the debt's repaid. <laughs> we beat Jacksonville. And then they, they did. And that obviously helps us, keeps us ahead in the division, um, which which we need right now. The way we're playing, we need that right now. So that's obviously good. Obviously, they go, Jacksonville will play Houston at home. 
Indy gets beat by the Jets in a barn burner. Barn burners, excuse me, 42-34 the final score. Andrew Luck, four touchdowns, three interceptions, and the Jets capitalized well off of those interceptions. Colts fall to one and five, and obviously sole possession of last place in AFC South, and most likely a really early draft pick. Uh, Colts, Colts will host the Bills on Sunday. Um, and that's obviously a game that uh, doesn't really matter <laughs> in the playoff hunt. Uh, but we'll see Indy struggle to get a win if they can. So this is what's important, though. Three-way tie for first place. Jacksonville's playing the Texans. Unless the unlikely event that there's a tie, one of these teams is going to lose, which helps us. We're either going to stay with them or rise above them. But one of these teams is going to win. If we want to stay on top of the division, we got to win in England next week. Obviously, we're heading to London to take on the 4-2 LA Chargers. This is a good football team. This is a good football team. So we're going to have to come up and make plays. We're going to have to find ways to win this game. Um... And we're going to go in-depth on that on Friday. I know I promised a show on Friday this week. Uh, I was traveling with family. got hectic. Um, I had some technical issues with uh, a microphone breaking. So I wasn't able to do the show. I've tried to figure out a way to do it. wasn't able to do a show. Um, but I promise, you know, there's nothing crazy going on this week. I will have a, a Friday show for you where we're going to get into that L.A. Chargers matchup. So we'll talk about it in depth, but this is an important game. One of these teams is going to jump in the first if we don't win. And I know it's it's still early. You know, it's we're way too early to talk talk about playoffs now. It's way too early for that. But we want to stay ahead in this division. We don't want to be playing catch up at the end of the year. We want to be leading the charge. We want teams coming to having to come to Nashville and win football games to get in. We don't have to have to rely on tiebreakers. We want to win this division. In order to do that, we got to start winning football games and stay in front of the Texans and the Jaguars. And obviously, I think I think most people would agree with me. I think Jacksonville will win this game, so I think it's going to be the Jaguars. So we got to stay in front of them. Got to stay in front of them. Got to start winning football games. I said, and I've talked about this each week, but I said. Starting with the Eagles, there's six games in a row that we need to win three. We beat the Eagles. We lost two in a row now. We're behind now. we got to start playing catch-up. A win against the Chargers would be big. Would be big. And then we have to take on Dallas in Dallas on Monday night in Week 9. And then in Week 10, we have the Patriots at home. That's a tough fucking game, guys. I do not think we're going to win that game. I'll say it right now. I'd be surprised to see us beat the Patriots for sure. We gotta. I think we have to win these next two games if we want to play three and three in those six games. We have to win the next two in a row. After that, the schedule does open up. And I've talked about it on the show before. It opens up. We have a tough game in Jacksonville. We'll have to play Houston on a Monday night. But a lot of these games are easy. Colts twice, um, Jets, Redskins, Giants. Not a lot of tough opponents on the back end of that schedule. But we're going to need wins here. You know, if we don't win any, and then let's say 
we win all of those but one. Let's say we lose a game there. That puts us at 8-8, eight and eight, folks, on the season. We need to win some games. I don't think 8-8 eight and eight is going to be good enough to win this division. I mean, we'll see. Jaguars aren't playing the best right now. Houston's starting to come back after a slow start, but still not playing great. 8-8 eight eight might be enough, but I don't want to tempt fate. I want to get us to a 10-win team, a 9-win team. And I, th- I still think we can. I still think we definitely can. There's a lot of football left to be played. We have to make some moves. I think we need to go out and sign Dez. Or, you know, everybody's been talking about that trade that ESPN talked about with Tate. Which, I'll tell you right now, and I've told people online, the Lions would be stupid to take that trade. I know we love Tajay Sharp. He, he's been a decent player for us. He's nowhere near Golden Tate. Golden Tate had more yards and touchdowns in his third year than Tajay Sharp has in his three years combined. Nowhere near as good as Golden Tate. They'd be dumb to take that trade. I would love it, though. I mean, that would be, you'd get, that would bump Corey Davis to number two. If we could bump Corey Davis to number two or get in someone that was as good as Corey Davis, this isn't a bad wide receiver core then. It's still not great. But we can work with it. We need to make a move. I think we desperately need to make a move to get a wide receiver. We need to go after Dez. We need to do something. Get a wide receiver. Because this isn't working, folks. It's just not. Um, but we. But there's still a lot of football left. There's still a ton of football left. And, and look, a lot of people said we weren't going to beat the Eagles. A lot of people said we weren't going to beat the Jags. You know, a lot of people said we weren't even going to beat the Texans, and we did that. Now we we won three games in a row. Now we take a two-game skid. We need to bounce back this week. Bouncing back this week and getting a win would be huge. Big, very big for us. And we need to come out there and do it. We need to execute. I think we need to, to, to game plan better than we did in this game for sure. We need to get Marcus more time. We need to get rollouts. We need, with these wide receivers struggling, we need to get more time. We need to figure out smart ways to get the ball into Deion Lewis's hands and into Taewon Taylor's hands, guys that can blow up plays and make a five-yard gain, a 20-yard gain, because we are the worst in football, the worst team in football when it comes to big play in the passing game. And we're the second worst when it comes to big plays at all. We haven't scored a touchdown in October, folks. We have yet to score a touchdown in this month. That's terrible. Terrible. And it's it's not all... You know, our defense is playing great. We're fifth in the NFL in points allowed. Second in the AFC in points allowed. Only team that's better than us in the AFC is the Ravens. This defense is good. We're 30th in points for. Second worst in the AFC. The only team worse than us, the Bills. We got to figure out how to move the football better. We have to start putting more points on the board. We have to start punching touchdowns, and we got to start scoring. You're not going to win many football games by not scoring a single touchdown. You'll win a couple here and there, but you're not going to win very many. We have to start scoring. We need to find ways to get chunk plays and... and, uh, you know, I, I think the first step is getting another wide receiver in here. And I know we promoted all these guys, assigned some guys off the practice squad. That's not the answer, folks. Those guys are on the practice squad for a reason. Those guys were unsigned for a reason. 
we need to go after and get somebody. I'm all for getting Dez. And I know he, he can be a little bit of a headache, but we need a wide receiver that's solid, that knows how to run around, that can pick up a first down, and that's exactly what Dez is. His big playability is gone. That's gone. That's behind him in his career. But he's still a really good possession receiver. And we desperately need that right now. Um, losing Delaney was a giant shot to the gut that we weren't prepared for. Losing Rashard Matthews is something we couldn't have planned for. It, this playmaking and playmaking ability in these wide receivers and tight ends are the weakest part of our game. And we got to figure out a way to make it stronger. Whether that be getting people or just more innovative play calling could be it. Um, but we got to figure out something, you know. And 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 I like you. I know that the, the you're pissed about this listening that third down right before halftime we're down by two touchdowns and we run the ball. That was we're talking about Vrabel with these big balls. And I know Vrabel's not calling the play there. But that was gutless. That was gutless, no balls, football. And and spineless. I hated it. I hate that call. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. You know, when you're down like that, you got to start pulling out the stops. You start have to start going for it. Have to start making some moves. And to run the ball like that was disgusting. That hurt. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll keep on moving. We'll keep on grinding. This isn't the time to give up yet, folks. It's not. And I know it's bleak. I know it seems like we don't have a lot of hope after two really embarrassing losses um, is the best way to put it. But it's not time to give up yet. This is a team that can win football games. This is a team that can compete at a high level. We just have to do it. We have to get out there and execute. Our defense has to be near perfect. Our offense needs to find a way to get up to mediocre. Because if our offense gets to mediocre... This is a 10-1 football team. That's how good this defense is. Our offense so far, most games has been a travesty. And we're 500. We're 3-3 three and three right now. We're playing 500 football. If our defense can, our offense, sorry, if our offense can get to mediocre, it's a 10-1 football team. This is a team that might steal a game or two in the playoffs. But we have to figure out how to get there because we're not there right now. That's for damn sure. We need to figure out how to move the ball more effectively. We need to figure out how to get the ball down the field and come up with chunk plays. Um, but I'm going to hop off my soapbox here and quit bitching about this team. Thanks, everybody, who makes this show possible. Thanks to you out there, the listener, that, that makes this show possible and fun to do. Um, not as much fun this week, obviously, but most weeks it's fun. We'll be back on Sunday to talk about this Chargers game. We're also going to do short previews of all of the AFC South football games. That Jaguar and Houston matchup. The Bills obviously playing the Colts. So we're going to take a look into all of those, get in depth. Then in the bye week, as I alluded to last week, we're going to have a big 100th episode show. Really looking forward to it. Already got some guys on board. Uh, going to be some names you're familiar with. Uh, some names that you're not uh, bringing up people on the show to celebrate the 100th episode. So definitely looking forward to that coming in the bye week. Probably right after the bye week, actually, that Monday. Um, we got to do it. We got to win this week. We we got to come out there and get a win this week uh, against this Charger football team. It's not going to be easy. This is a good damn football team. This might be an overall, all-around better team than the Ravens. So it's not going to be... 
an easy game. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, but we can do it if we play the right way. And we got to play damn near perfect, but we have the capability to do it. We have the talent to win this football game. As always, folks, keep that chin up. Season's not over yet. Tighten up. Yeah. Uh, two-tone, the podcast, it's the livest. Every week we talking about them Tennessee Titans. Better tune in, it's the podcast you want. Hosted by my big homie, Ryan Moreland. Mariota throwing bombs he don't ever miss. Malcolm Butler hold it down with the pick six. Talking stats and plays, what's happening? Derrick Henry, Dory Jackson, this where we get it cracking. Yeah, Tennessee Titans podcast. Two tone, hey, tune in.